This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Welcome to the show, folks. It's called Because I Said So. I'm your host, John Roseman. You can find out more about me, my books, my upcoming speaking engagements, uh, mostly in churches and Christian schools across the United States and sometimes elsewhere by going to my website at John Roseman. That's J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D.com, JohnRoseman.com. And I'm with you every Saturday at uh, 5 o'clock Central Time exclusively and I do mean exclusively on American Family Radio. I'd like to begin this show by uh, with a question that I recently got from a parent who heard me speak in Atlanta recently. She said that she heard me speak at uh, Whitefield Academy and that her Bible study group has been reading and discussing one of my books, Parenting by the Book, meaning the Bible, Parenting by the Book, published by, uh, I'm blanking on, this is what happens when you're 68 years old, you start blanking on Howard Books. (laughs) It just so happens that John Howard is my literary agent. I've just got too much stuff rolling around here in my brain, and sometimes it's like a pinball or a billiard ball. It goes into the wrong hole, it seems. Anyway, um, Parenting by the Book was published in 2009. It's an evangelical bestseller and published by Howard Books, and it's still selling quite well because it's being used by church study and discussion groups all across America. And you can find out more about that on my website, johnroseman.com. Anyway, she says, she heard me speak. She and her Bible study group read my book, and she says, I'm refreshed by your perspective and your validation that today's mothers have had their thinking hijacked by the Good Mommy Club. And that's what I call this prison, this point-of-view prison that today's mothers get seduced into joining after they begin having children. I write today, she goes on, with a question regarding my soon-to-be six-year-old. He has a summer birthday, and as a result, we opted to put him in a half-day kindergarten at his preschool this year. Good idea. Rather than the full-day public school program, great idea. We started the year, well, a shorter day, only 12 students, two lead teachers, and a larger emphasis on play than he would have received in the rigorous program at the public school. Well, that's because public schools are just, I mean, they're hopped up on test scores, folks. And they they keep doing all of this ridiculous stuff to improve test scores, none of which improve the the skill set of children. Anyway, I mean, public schools, I could go off on a rant about this, but public schools, uh, they have lost a sense of their mission, number one. They no longer know what they're trying to do, number two. If you ask an administrator in a public school, what what is it that public education is 
supposed to be accomplishing. He will give you nothing but talking points and lip service. Public education in America is a total and complete 120% calamity. It is a train wreck. And I am not impugning people who work on the front lines, otherwise known as teachers. Let me tell you, uh, these people, by and large, and there are exceptions, of course, but these people, the people who teach our children, are dedicated to bettering the lives of America's children. But they have one hand tied behind their backs by administration and public school law, and they have another hand tied behind their backs by today's overprotective and overly concerned and largely enabling parent population. And if I've just stepped on your foot, then thank me. Anyway, she goes on to say, however, as the year has progressed, I've noticed a significant decrease in his ability to focus. He's getting easily distracted during tasks. When I received his most recent report, I skipped immediately to the behavior section and was sad to see that his teachers are obviously seeing the same problem as evidenced by low behavior ratings. As a side note, his academic scores were all C's. I guess that means uh, we're all okay. What is my course of action? I want to nip this distracted behavior in the bud before he makes the move to elementary school, where he'll be in a class twice the size with half the teacher manpower. I'd really appreciate any insight you may have to share. And she says, P.S., you may have noticed he's on the outside of effectiveness where spanking is concerned. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know that spanking is the solution to a problem of this sort in any case. Okay, so my answer here. And folks, before I answer, let me say that I tend to answer questions sort of globally. In other words, parents ask specific questions about specific children, but in their questions, I see larger issues. And so let's go back and review some of the uh, aspects, the elements of this mother's letter concerning her soon-to-be six-year-old child. First of all, he has a summer birthday. And secondly, he is a boy. And so one thing to be considered here is that he is a somewhat chronologically and perhaps emotionally and behaviorally immature boy. Now, boys are distractible, pretend to be. Uh, when compared with girls, they're much more distractible. When compared with girls, they're much more active. When compared with girls, they tend to stay with tasks for much shorter, shorter periods of time. When compared with girls, they tend to need more supervision and direction when it comes to tasks. Uh, you tell a girl to do something and she does it in 10 minutes and she's finished. 
you tell a boy to do the same thing, and you have to go back three or four times and say, Billy, you're not paying attention to what you're supposed to be doing. You need to be paying attention to the task that I gave you. It takes the boy 30 minutes to finish the same task. It took the girl 10 minutes to finish. Doesn't mean the girl is smarter. Their IQs may be, in fact, the same. We're just talking about the difference between boys and girls. Now, another issue that is unfortunately part and parcel or another element, a factor, or variable that is unfortunately part and parcel of today's educational culture is that boys are being held to a female standard of behavior and academic performance. And this is why boys are being diagnosed disproportionately in disproportionately greater numbers with attention deficit disorder than are girls. Because when you look at the list of symptoms for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder published in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which is the Diagnostic Bible of the Mental Health Professions, you will notice that, if you know children, you will notice that what we're dealing with here is a description of boys. Distractable, short attention span, inability to focus, failure to finish tasks, uh, you know, needing constant prodding, uh, in constant motion, and so on and so forth. Okay, so this mother puts her almost six-year-old child into this preschool program, kindergarten program, excuse me, where there's a shorter day, only 12 students, two lead teachers, and a larger emphasis on play than he would receive in the rigorous program at the elementary school. Now, here is the operative phrase in her next sentence. As the year has progressed, as the year has progressed, I've noticed a significant decrease in his ability to focus. He's getting more and more easily distracted during tasks, And the teachers are seeing the same thing and reporting the same thing on his report card. Okay, so two things are going on here. Number one, the mother's getting involved in the child's homework because she's anxious about his academic performance. And number two, as the year is progressing, the year is getting more and more academic. It started out very play-oriented, very developmentally oriented, and now it's getting more and more academic. Folks, I can, I can guarantee that's what's occurring here. And as the year gets more and more academic and the tasks require greater and greater focus, concentration, and diligence, this boy is having more and more problems. All right, folks, a couple of facts here, and I've said this many, many times. Number one, when a child knows that his mother is going to reteach the material he's being taught in the classroom at home, he has less motivation to pay attention in class. And the research, I'll say it again, the more parents are involved in homework, the less motivation a child has to pay attention in class because the parents are reteaching the material. The latest research clearly indicates that the more involved parents are in academics, the less well children do. I've been saying this since the early 1970s. 
parent involvement in homework is counterproductive. Whatever short-term things you are able to accomplish with your child at home are being greatly offset by long-term detriment in the form of lower academic performance over time. So right after the break, my advice to this mother. Stay with us. Welcome back to the show. I'm John Roseman, renegade psychologist who doesn't believe in psychology, although I hold a license from the North Carolina Psychology Board. I believe psychology has caused more problems for the American parent, family, child, American community and culture than psychologists even know how to solve. Psychology has been a wrecking ball in American culture. And psychology is a secular religion that you believe in by faith. I've, I've got all the faith I need, folks. I don't need faith in psychology, I will tell you. And I am one. Licensed by the North Carolina Psychology Board, and I will tell you they've tried to take my license away three times. And the Kentucky Psychology Board tried to suppress my newspaper column in the state of Kentucky. I had to sue them in federal court and won in October of 2015. I won the court case against the Kentucky Psychology Board. Psychology doesn't like me because I go around the country and I tell people exactly what I've just told you. My psychology board regrets the day they ever gave me a license, and I am delighted to know that. So anyway, uh, if you want to know more about me and my renegadeness and my contrariness and so on and so forth, you can go to my website, johnrosemond.com, J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D, I don't know if our bookstore is back up and running by the time this show will air, but my bookstore facility recently burned down and all of our inventory was burned up in the, in the conflagration, which happened to be at my daughter's house. And we should have our bookstore up and running very quickly. And you can find out more about my books on my website, johnroseman.com. You can find out more about my upcoming speaking schedule on johnroseman.com. In upcoming months, I'll be in Pennsylvania, Texas, California, Louisiana, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, New York, and a whole lot of places all across America. So just stay tuned. I think Ohio and there's a whole big gap there up around the Dakotas and Minnesota and Wisconsin. I don't know what's going on up there. Somebody needs to write them a letter or something. But anyway, I'm talking during this program about this very interesting letter that I received from this mother who is obviously concerned about her five-year-old boy who is having difficulty in school. And, you know, I realize this program is airing during the summer, folks, but it doesn't matter because uh, I, I'm talking about issues here. The issues, the contemporary parenting issues that this mother's letter, which I received some six months ago, the issues that the letter raises. And one of the issues is we're talking about a boy here 
talking about a boy who's distractible because boys are relative to girls distractible. They don't focus as well. You know, large muscle stuff, they do it, uh, generally speaking, they are superior to girls when it comes to large muscle stuff. When it comes to small muscle stuff, fine motor is what it's called, as opposed to gross motor, they uh, don't do as well as girls. And so eventually they do, but not initially. And so the mother put this boy into a half-day kindergarten that she describes as play-oriented or more play-oriented than the public school kindergarten, which is full day. And I applaud her decision along those lines. However, as the school year has gone along, now she didn't say this, but she may not have known that she was saying this, but as the school year has gone along, the curriculum has become less and less play and more and more work and less and less gross motor and imaginative and more and more fine motor and academic task-oriented. And as this transition from a play-based program to an academic program has taken place, this boy has started having problems. He's not doing as well as the mother wants him to do academically, and his teachers are complaining about his behavior. And I can guarantee you folks, and I mean guarantee, as they say in South Louisiana, guarantee that if something isn't done to interrupt this, that what we are headed for here is a diagnosis of attention deficit disorder and a recommendation for medication from a mental health specialist. And this is what, you know, this is all that psychologists and mental health professionals do these days. Test, diagnose, medicate. All right, next child, test, diagnose, medicate. Okay, next child, test, diagnose, medicate. Okay, next child. I mean, it's a test, diagnose, and medicate factory. That's all the child mental health Uh, in America consists of these days. It's scandalous. Uh, And and this is where we're headed with this young fella if something isn't done to interrupt this. And what's happening is the school year, as the school year progresses, the curriculum is becoming less and less Gross motor oriented, which suits boys, and more fine motor oriented, which suits girls. Less play oriented, which suits boys and girls, and more academically oriented, which at least initially suits girls more than boys. And this boy is reacting to the fact that the fact of this transition, the fact of this progression, by beginning to exhibit what the school considers to be problems. He's not getting it. And we're headed here toward, consequently, a diagnosis of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and recommendation for medication. The other part of the problem is the mother. 
And if she's listening, I don't mean to criticize you. I just mean to point something out that today's mothers hang their sense of adequacy on their children's academic performance. You can take this to the bank, ladies and gentlemen in my audience. Today's mothers tend to hang their sense of maternal adequacy on their children's academic performance for some odd, strange reason known only to God and his angels. Today's mothers believe that if their children make straight A's, they are better mothers than the mothers of children who make B's and C's. And how this came about is anybody's best guess. Well, I have my own theories about it, but a 13-minute radio show segment is not the place to be airing my, my thoughts about that. I'm going to try and get to a solution here. And so because of that, when... A child, and especially, this is especially true of middle and upper middle class mothers, and this mother gave me every indication in the context of her letter that she is in the upper middle class, and so this is probably especially true of her. She hangs her sense of adequacy on her child's academic performance She's getting negative feedback from the teachers, and her anxiety level is beginning to rise. And she is responding by beginning to get involved in homework and by beginning to direct academic exercises after school in the home. Okay? And her son is pushing back. He's pushing back because, not because so much of the, the exercises themselves, he's pushing back because his mother is approaching all of this anxiously as opposed to calmly and confidently. And it makes all the difference in the world. The latest research, folks, public schools, and all schools jumped on this bandwagon in the 1970s, began to push the idea that high parent involvement was the key to academic success. And so that's what we find in America today. We find the mother being highly involved after school in homework. And I have been saying since the early 1970s that this practice is completely counterproductive, that it amounts to enabling and that homework may get done, and all of the homework may be straight A's, but the long-term consequences are not good because this is enabling. And enabling always, there, there, there is a deceptive aspect to enabling because short-term problems get solved, but long-term problems get worse. And the research has now, the latest research, borne out what I have been saying for 40 years, and that is that regardless of demographics, the more parents help with homework, the more parents push academics at home and help with homework at home, the lower a child's academic performance relative to his ability level. 
Uh, What that simply means is if your child's IQ is 120 and you don't help with homework, eventually he's going to make straight A's, maybe a scattering of B's. But if your child's IQ is 120 and you help with homework every night, ultimately his academic performance is going to be lower than it would be otherwise because you are enabling. And enabling always, without exception, creates more problems than it solves in the long run. So my advice to this mother is, hold your child back in kindergarten another year and back off. Relax. Let the chips fall where they may. In the final analysis, everything's going to be okay. This has been John Roseman with another episode of Because I Said So. You can hear me every Saturday, 5 o'clock Central Time. Thanks for being with us.